You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to the E2C Network, podcast by Auburn fans, for Auburn fans. Where you go, Auburn fans, and welcome back to Inside the Jungle, your source for Auburn men's basketball news and analysis here on the E2C Network. I'm your host, Kyle Loomis, joining you once again to break down an Auburn men's basketball game, and sadly... Things are not getting better for Auburn fans during this week. Yes, we're referencing another sport here. We have just come off fresh of an Auburn football loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide. And there's some recruiting news that's not going so well for some Auburn fans right now. And then there's this thing that happened with a loss on the road in Orlando to the Central Florida Golden Knights. And people are losing their ever-loving minds right now. Either way, uh, we're still happy to be able to have some basketball to talk about in a year where we weren't guaranteed as much. And so I hope that's what we take away from the end of this after we break down some very, very ugly, ugly stats and storylines from this game. Uh, That being said, let's get right into some general notes before we actually get into the game. Uh, First of all, I just want to start off with this quote, breaking down the Auburn loss to UCF. Uh, 63 to 55 is the score they fall by. The record is one and two now in the year, only three games into the season. And this is a quote from Bruce Pearl, and I found this honestly hilarious. He says, Ah, well, that was ugly. Set the game of basketball back a few years. I honestly love that from Coach Pearl because you know he takes this seriously. He knows what's at stake here. He knows what the expectations that he's set for him and his program now. And so the fact that he can at least take a step back in public at least, who knows what he said to the boys in the locker room, and just kind of have a laugh about it and acknowledge, hey, guys, we we just stunk the floor up tonight. And that probably, I was not able to actually watch the game because I didn't have an ESPN Plus subscription, which... I would assume many people out there don't have yet uh, from what I hear. And most of us just listen to uh, Andy and coach Sonny Smith on the call tonight, which was interesting in and of itself. I always love listening to coach Sonny Smith. Speaking of which quick plug here, if you haven't, you can listen to our Auburn roots episode. That is episode uh, 15 of that series. You can find it here on the made feed or on its own separate one where you get podcasts anywhere. And coach Sonny and I sit down and talk about his Auburn story and his uh, love of discussing refs on broadcast. It's one of my favorite things about Coach Sonny and probably one of the only highlights of this game tonight. Uh, But back on the general notes from this game, the main thing to discuss here is the Sharif Cooper updates, and there's really nothing that I personally know of, nothing from inside information that I have. Uh, You know, we need Sharif Cooper. That's about the, the only extent of things right now, and I think that's the understatement of the year. But let's talk about how the game actually broke down a little bit of the game flow. First half action, UFCF got off to a lead a little bit quick and was able to maintain that lead the entire game, honestly, but for the first half. Auburn did make a run at it a couple of times, but the problem was their poor shooting, especially from the free throw line, did not help them. 
in their quest to at least get within a possession or two. The second half was a lot of the same for the Tigers, with Auburn trying to storm back several times, but they never got within more than, like, I think five or six points several times. And then UCF capitalized off of further offensive struggles off a very young, yet very talented team in Auburn, just having some offensive cohesion struggles right now. And they get the win, 63-55, to the Golden Knights take down the Tigers. So that's how the game kind of happened. Just listening to it on the radio. And let, let me just say this too. It's always nice. I, I complain about not being able to watch the game, but to actually have a reason to not listen to TV announcers and just listen to Andy Burcham and Coach Sonny Smith. I love how much he gets on the refs, and it's quite hilarious. And literally every other comment was like, oh, I know that guy. He, should be, he shouldn't be making that call right there and have some little funny quip for all of them. So it's just always fun to have a different perspective. And if you haven't listened to a radio broadcast of an Auburn basketball game with Coach Sonny Smith and Andy, I recommend it. All right, a couple of storylines from this game that I wanted to break down. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some happy things. I think we can find something to be happy about, right? It doesn't all have to be terrible things, as bad as it was to watch or listen to, whichever platform you used Uh, but Dylan Cardwell who did not see any points in his first two games as an Auburn Tiger finally does get on the board and I think that uh, was a nice pleasant surprise for many Auburn Tiger fans out there he was one of those names that a lot of people were anticipating a lot from and it just doesn't come to fruition just yet but all things considered it is something to kind of take away from this and be happy about. Uh, I do need to address uh, probably the Sharif Cooper thing here. Yes, Auburn fans, we're aware that we need Sharif Cooper. I've already said it once here in the show. Um, I don't know how to break it to Auburn fans. You may not get Sharif Cooper this year, so you need to find a way to cope with the fact that he's not going to be there. I know we were all excited and anticipating this. Talked about it on other podcasts here recently of how much we were all excited to see him in the point guard role. But there's not even a guarantee if he even got there, would he have the success that we were putting a heaping on his shoulders right now. So, yes, we need Sharif Cooper. There are pe- uh, players having to do the point guard position that don't, that don't traditionally do that, uh, and that's kind of forcing some some mismatches and some, some areas where Auburn are having some deficiencies. But somewhere down the line... We're going to have to make this work with or without Sharif Cooper. And I hope it is with him, uh, quite frankly. You know, honestly, I see this, if I may for a second, talk about this from a football perspective, too, because we always love to bring Auburn football into the mix, don't we? You know, a lot of people, and me personally, too, lament about the linemen for Auburn football right now and that being a big issue. But we kind of stop there and we don't realize how big the issue actually really is and how it affects everything else that's happening on the field and why everything else looks bad because of it. And you can see that with a point guard position here. The point guard is the general of the field. He is the one that makes it work. It's why at times last year where uh, Javon McCormick had some off games. You saw Auburn struggle a little bit, and then you have Samir Dowdy have to fill a role when uh, Javon was was not doing so well. But then the days that Javon went off, Auburn did really, really well. Vice versa, you saw the year before that, and years before that, Jared Harper did so well. When you correlate that to football, people lament about, oh, the line can't block. They can't uh, establish a, a run game. 
and it, they kind of stop there, but they don't realize how deep and pervasive the effects of that unit not working together uh, can affect a team. And that's the same thing here with the point guard position. So I say find a way to uh, get over Sharif not being there in the same time I'm lamenting about it. So I guess I'm a bit of a hypocrite too. <laughs> but here's a little bit of honesty for you. Uh, something good that came out for tonight, Jamal Johnson stepping up in a huge, huge way uh, tonight against UCF. And he did that in a, a game previously here. Um, where he was one of the top scorers for Auburn. And speaking of that, let's maybe run down the list of stats here uh, from this point. And we'll start here at the top with Tyrell Jones. Turbo only got one point on the night. JT Thor, three. Allen Flanagan, three. Uh, Jalen Williams got eight. Devin Cambridge, four. Jamal Johnson with his 18 points. And then uh, Babatunde Akinbola with four. Justin Powell with eight and Dylan Cardwell with his first six points as an Auburn Tiger, and two goose eggs from Javon Franklin and Chris Moore. Uh, not shocked that they didn't get as much uh, points there in limited time, uh, but you you see here what's interesting about this is our starters again tonight, no changes there with Turbo, Thor, Alan Flanagan, uh, Jalen Williams, and then Cambridge. None of them were the top scorers tonight. And then Jalen Williams was uh, the second top score, well, tied for the second top score with eight points total there. Most of your points are coming off the bench in the form of uh, Johnson and Powell with 18 and eight points respectively. But Jamal has been a bit of a surprise for me, honestly. I know we're only three games into the season, but I'm very pleased to see that he's rising to the occasion. If he keeps it up, maybe Coach Pearl has to consider putting him in for a second. That would be probably... I, I won't say that we are at a point now in the season only three games in and haven't even played a home game yet that we need to be rethinking, uh, rearranging the starting lineup. But as the trend continues, maybe you give somebody else a shot. I don't know. Bruce Pearl's got his strategy, and I'm not going to argue with a guy who got to the Final Four for the first time in Auburn Henry. If he thinks these are the guys that are best right now for Auburn, I'm going to go with that. Uh, we'll go through a little bit of the team stats as well here, and this is where things are going to get really, really ugly, and this is where Kyle is going to start lamenting about a few things. Hey, Auburn fans, I want to take a quick timeout from this episode to bring your attention to something very special. Here at the E2C Network, we pride ourselves on bringing you the best content for Auburn fans out there. And best of all, it's free to you. But just because it's free doesn't mean there aren't costs especially when you have a library of hundreds of podcasts, videos, blogs, and more. Many of you have reached out and asked how you can support this network in the past. Well, now I have your answer. It's called the E2C Network Booster Club over at patreon.com slash E2C Network. There you'll find a membership monthly reward system where you can sign up for as little as $1 and get different perks at different tiers. Some of those perks include things such as apparel, eligibility to join us on future podcasts, recognition as an E2C network booster, exclusive communications, and bonus content that is available nowhere else. If you love this network and want to help us keep producing podcasts like this one, please head on over to patreon.com slash E2C network to join the E2C network booster club. You can also get there by going to our website, e2cnetwork.com slash support. 
Whether you decide to join or not, we are still so appreciative that you would support us by just listening and being here because each and every one of you is part of our E2C Network family. Well, that's it. Timeout's over. Let's get back into the episode. So going down the column here, we'll start with field goal percentage for Auburn, one of the worst. Well, and honestly, it wasn't one of the worst I've ever seen. I think we hit the 20% mark a couple of times last year. So 32% for Auburn, 37% from UCF. Now, these percentages are a little bit tale of two stories here. They both look not great, making one out of every three of your baskets. Auburn had some really bad luck. Shots were literally going in the basket and somehow popping back out. But also there were some very poor shots taken as well. So it was a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of bad fortune as well. UCF was ha- had to contend with a great Auburn defense. And honestly, that's the reason that this game didn't get worse than it actually did. A 55-63 to 63 win for UCF could have been something like a 20-point win the way that Auburn was playing tonight. And the fact that the defense was able to hold on as much as they did is a testament to that there is this team does have talent and promise going forward. Uh, Three-point land, 21% for Auburn. Not good at all. 29% for UCF. I don't even want to say this next part, folks. Free throw percentage for the Golden Knights, 74%. For the Auburn Tigers, 36%. I'm not mincing words. I'm not even, I would be upset if it was the reverse of that 63%, 36% from the free throw line. Let that sink in for just one second here. Eight for 22. If you make five more of those, this is a different ball game. And I understand that, you know, there's coming opportune times. It could change the momentum either way. Could have helped. UCF could have helped Auburn out and and changed the flow of the game. But I do think if Auburn just makes 60% of their free throws, maybe we're talking about an Auburn game in overtime. Maybe we're talking about a potential Auburn win here. If you can't make free throws, you're not going to win football football games here. I'm having a little bit of deja vu back to this past Saturday. You're not going to win basketball games at this point. Not going to win football games either if you have a free throw percentage like that. That's how bad it is. Turnovers for Auburn, they win that category, sadly, 22, but no, but 19 as well for UCF. So it wasn't like one team had the advantage in that, like, you know, considerably. It's just Auburn slightly a little bit more than UCF, and they both scored the same amount off of turnovers, uh, points off of turnovers, that's 14 apiece. Rebound game, Auburn wins again, 48-40 to 40 overall. Uh, they do lose in the defensive rebounding category, but they dominate on the offensive boards. Problem is doesn't really amount to much. Auburn has eight second chance points. So does UCF, but they only had nine offensive rebounds. So think about that. Not only was your percentage of offensive rebounds and getting it back up there for second chance points, terribly, but your free throw percentage. Honestly, if I want to blame anything on this game, it's free throws and the offensive rebound, not capitalizing off the offensive rebound stats here. That's just... The more I look at that one now, I'm even getting more upset than I was at the free throws right now. Uh, Defensively for Auburn, five blocks, eight steals, and then 12 assists total. Uh, Pretty comparable across the board here, although UCF did have 12 steals, but all in all, it was kind of evened out. Here's the thing. There was no lead changes the entire game. UCF led the entire way. um, And there were, well, I would say there were two times that Auburn and UCF were tied early, but... All in all, this pretty much was a 
aside from a further win margin, a dominating win by UCF and has Auburn fans not feeling so great about that. So we already touched about free throws. Mid-range jumpers as well were a bit of a struggle tonight. I think this is where a lot of the bad luck came in for Auburn in terms of of the mid-range jumpers kind of not hitting the mark quite as well. You know, we are traditionally a three-point shooting team, and when those aren't going, we get a little bit desperate and make some very awkward angle shots. So we definitely have got to work on that as well, but I'm still going to harp on the free throws as something that has to be figured out. I don't know what the problem is the last couple of years because when Bruce Pearl first got here, the only thing that kept us in game somewhat was our free throw. And for whatever reason now, we got to the Final Four and we can't make free throws. Go figure. I don't know. Can't figure that one out. Another thing that plagued Auburn tonight was foul trouble that happened early. Jalen Williams got into a, a foul trouble early that kept him kind of sitting on the bench for a while. He only results with uh, two personal fouls for the whole game, but they had to kind of keep him out at the very beginning of the game there. Jamal Johnson ends up getting four total fouls and Justin Powell as well. Justin Powell tonight, you could notice listening to Rod and Andy break it out uh, in terms of what UCF was trying to do. They knew that a six foot six point guard is not a traditional position that that type of player wants to play and we're really pressuring him especially exploiting his youth and I think you may saw that come in tonight Justin after having a breakout first two games for Auburn goes three for 11 from the field and one for seven from three-point land whereas he was making a bunch of those beforehand he does get seven rebounds though so if he had just gotten one more basket or two more sets of free or here's the thing he made one of four free throws if he had made Two two of those, he gets a double-double, or almost a double-double tonight. Here, I, I can't even make sense of the stats because I'm, I'm so upset about the free throws tonight. If you're new to Inside the Jungle, what you'll take away from this is Kyle, free throws is a must-do for me to not be upset with the Auburn Tigers, and I am upset tonight. Again, I will reiterate another shining thing about this is Auburn's defense not keeping this from getting out of hand. Had that not been in place, Auburn walks away from... Orlando, not just with a loss, but with an embarrassment. And thankfully, that did not happen. So I don't want to go too much further uh, with this game. Obviously, we've not been able to watch it, and these stats are just not making it very pleasant to talk about. Um, I, I do think we just go ahead and move on to the next game coming up and do a little bit of a preview to set you up for that one. So the next game will be our first home game against South Alabama, who comes in currently at 2-1 and one on the year, also having played three games as of tonight. That game will be at 8 o'clock Central Time uh, this Friday, December the 4th. And you can watch it. Thankfully, everybody can, for, if you have cable, <laughs> on the SEC Network. So their last game was their first loss against Jacksonville State University, another Alabama team, where they lost 73-77. to They will, however, play one more game in between Jacksonville State and us, and that is Emanuel College. First time I've ever heard of them. They must be their Barry. Hopefully you don't have a Barry moment. That's a a reference for people that have been listening for a long time. So for those of you that just got here, like, what? why are you saying Barry like that? You had to be here. It's just one of those inside jokes for longtime listeners. But Emanuel College will be their next game, and then they will play uh, Auburn in Auburn Arena. There's not really a point in breaking down signature wins or worst losses because I, I really don't know how to break down those ones. Jacksonville State, I wouldn't necessarily consider a bad loss for South Alabama, even though they've kind of been one of the better programs in the mid-majors the last couple of seasons. 
Um, so I don't really feel comfortable calling that a bad loss because I haven't had a chance to analyze Jacksonville State, and maybe they're actually very, very good. Now, here's the other thing that I like about this. And I said this in our season preview, and I say this almost every year. One of the things that I love about Bruce Pearl is his intentionality about scheduling Alabama teams. Now, I know this doesn't seem like a far-fetched idea because when you schedule non-conference games, you obviously schedule a few that you're hoping that are lower tier that you can get some wins on. And Tony Barbie, Jeff Lebo, Cliff Ellis, everybody in the past would schedule teams regionally uh, that you know weren't as big of travel issues, easy to get there. Uh, so it makes sense that you would get an Alabama team like South Alabama but Bruce has been adamant that he wants to share the love within the state. And, you know, he's even flirted this idea before of a all Alabama tournament, which I would love to see at some point down the line. So it's always nice for me to see him continue to share the love and continue to schedule teams in state because I love seeing that in Alabama. One day could become the powerhouses of, of basketball states if we continue to build the talent here. I mean, if Alabama University, well, University of Alabama, UAT, can keep up with us or not. So nice to see another Alabama team on the schedule. So this is the first home game. Obviously, things are going to be weird and unique this year with only so many uh, students and fans being allowed into the arena. Um, you know, one of the things that most people say when they come to Auburn Arena, whether they're a commentator, an announcer, a visiting team, is how loud that place gets. And so it'll be interesting to see what the difference is with, I guess it would be like 20-30% of capacity being there. The difference in that stadium is the students and when they're spread out and not as many of them. I wonder how loud they'll actually be. Now knowing Auburn fans and Auburn students, they'll probably still be pretty loud and and ready for the first home game of the season. It's just going to be really unique. All that being said though, I think that first home game comes at an opportune time against a team that I think on paper we should beat. Of course, I said that about UCF. We all see how that worked out for us. So don't take what I say, uh, or take what I say with a grain of salt and don't uh, take that home to the bank. Now, looking at this uh, South Alabama team, uh, it is going to be a smaller team in terms of their size. Um, Auburn does have the size advantage. And so that can go one of two different ways. Can Auburn defend them properly? And or can Auburn dominate them on the glass like they should? They've done a pretty good job rebounding the last couple of games. And I think they'll continue that against this team. But can they keep a smaller team, which is probably going to be a little shot happy from getting real hot in Auburn Arena when it's not as loud and not as intimidating to play in? So if those things don't take place, Auburn dominating glass and keeping their shooting under control, this could get ugly again really fast, and then Auburn fans were continue, continue to have a very, very bad week. The other interesting thing about this game is that there's going to be a long layoff after this for finals week, and this happens every year. It just always feels like it takes forever to get to that next game. So hopefully Auburn can get the win and then take a nice long break and take some retrospective and kind of reevaluate. Maybe Bruce Pearl considers some lineup changes at that point. Maybe not, but I definitely think it will come much needed. Hopefully it's a win and a chance to look back and see what the first four games gave us to look back at on film. A couple of players for you to watch in this game on the South Alabama side. I always like to give you a shooter and a rebounder to look at. Michael Flowers, the senior guard, is 21.3 points per game. And then Tyreek Locker, I think it's Locker is how it's actually spelled. I spelled it Locker here in my notes. 
sophomore uh, guard, actually, with 7.7 rebounds per game. Goes back to what I told you about them being a little bit on the smaller side when you're guard, and I think he's six foot. Oh, like that's it's a guard. It's not like a big guard like Justin Powell. When a guard and a true guard is your best leader, that says something about the size of your team. Either that or he's just very tenacious with getting the rebound there. So that's going to be my breakdown of the UCF loss and looking ahead to the South Alabama game. I want to hear from you now, either on our website where this uh, episode is housed or on social media. What did you think about the UCF game? What are you anticipating going forward? Keep the conversation going forward there. I appreciate everyone here being here to listen to my analysis of Auburn men's basketball. And until we talk to you again, my friends, War Eagle. Before you get out of here, we want to remind you of a couple of things. Head over to E2Cnetwork.com, our website where you can find everything that you'll ever need from us, podcasts, blogs, and even ways to help support the show. If you want to find individual episodes, you can download all of these on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Google Play. So until we see you again, I want to remind you of one thing that here at the network, we believe in Auburn and love it. The only question remains, do you?